up, everybody? Welcome to Under Further Review. I'm Andrew. I'm Pata. This is the two luck. You know what? I tried to do the intro. <laughs> and you it's tried. Just, I just fell flat on my you face. You mean to do it? Uh, yeah. This is the show where two lushes get drunk on sports. That was really funny. We are presented in part by Last Word on Sports. Um, hi, everybody. Hello. Welcome in. We've got a lot to go through today. Jesus, it was a it was a big old sports week. Yeah. Whoa, it was big. Like lots of sports. And we even like delayed recording a day because we knew that there was going to be some big sports stuff, but we had no idea about the other things that were going to hit. You know, and and part of me is really glad that we did because, you know, it's good to be informed and put out a a podcast that is well informed and and good. At the same time, now we have so much to get through. We do indeed. Uh, before we start, uh, if you have not done so already, please be sure to follow us on all the social meds: uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, using the handle at UFR Vodcast. Uh, you can find us wherever podcasts are sold every Thursday, except for Spotify, because we're not that cool yet. Uh, if you have questions or comments or uh, just general well wishes, please be sure to give us an email, andrewincotta at gmail.com. Uh, we love hearing from you, and we will definitely give you a shout out on the show. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, personally, I'm Andrew underscore Lemieux, and that's uh, at KK Stevens over there. Uh, shall we jump in? Let's jump in. I Yeah, I'm very sorry. I'm very frustrated today because of um, our... Because of of what is happening right now with my New York Giants, uh, yeah, that that was my first point when I made this this thing on when I when I we started making notes earlier last week. Um, the the Giants hired former Patriots wide receivers and special teams coach Joe Judge as their next head coach, and it's a really interesting thing. I think I think we both have a lot to speak to on that front because of I mean, obviously you know Joe Judge and you know his work as a Patriots fan. I mean, I have to be honest with you, I don't. I really don't. I mean, you've seen what he's done with the wide receivers, though. I, I have, but I mean, they just, you know, got blown the hell out in the yeah, playoffs. Which is to say not a whole lot this right, year. Right, exactly. But I've seen the special teams, and the special teams is excellent, considering yes. what they had to go through this season. This is true. I mean, you're going to be doing, you're going to be really good at covering punts this year, are the Giants. <laughs> well. Like, really good. Great. I'm so happy you know, for us. You're going to have to, you're going to have a guy that turns into the next Matthew Slater out there covering kicks. Look, I, I... It's not that I really I I don't have a problem with Joe Judge. My question is what what one of the things that we were talking about with after Pat Shermer got fired with the Giants needing a new head coach is that we want someone who we can commit to for the long term. And I'm not convinced that he's near as experienced enough to do the job. Not to mention when you think about a wide receivers coach like when you're if a team is looking for an offensive coordinator, say. Mm -hmm. People usually go to a offensive position coach for a job like that if they want to hire someone who is up and coming and less experienced. Like a ladder, right. Exactly. The thing is, is that just because a wide receivers coach had excellent success with wide receivers doesn't necessarily mean he's going to do as well as an offensive coordinator. It is a completely different job. Right. And head coaching in the same ladder is a completely different job. Mm -hmm. Um. Did you get a chance to take a look at any clips from the press conference? I did not. Okay. Uh, he said a lot of very interesting things, namely uh, wanting the team to reflect the city in which they play, which didn't really so, make a whole lot of sense to me. So East Rutherford. Right. I mean, sure. but uh, I mean, I'm sure he meant New York City. Right. But, but the, like, team that, the team that the, the place where the Giants play is technically East Rutherford, New Jersey. It, it, that was really confusing to me. I... I didn't quite understand what he meant by that. He said a lot about the culture reflecting that as well. He seems to be like a no-nonsense guy, which I really, really like. Um, 
he's not he's not putting up with anybody's shit. Not that there really is a whole lot of shit to put up with on the Giants. It's a pretty the I'd say the culture of the team right now is pretty good. Um, there were a lot of really intense injuries this year, which I think is why we didn't do. I mean, it, we weren't going to win the division or anything, but we could have had a better record. But I, I'm kind of curious to see how this all manifests in the draft because also what we have in in Joe Judge is a new commitment from Dave Gettleman to be more involved, Dave Grandpa Gettleman. Um, and I'm wondering kind of who's going to be taking over that aspect of the team as we approach the NFL draft. Uh, it's a, you know, a young team with a, a fresh-faced head coach. Right. And I feel like, you know, you may as well just throw anything at the problem at this point. And if you can get somebody who's an Alabama product and also, you know, won three Super Bowls during his tenure with the Patriots, why the hell not? No, look, I mean, he's worked with some incredible coaches before. That doesn't necessarily look like a... a Esteemed resume with great recommendations does not a good head coach make. No, no, no. Correct. And I I, I don't anticipate that he's going to go out there and, you know, suddenly the Giants are going to be Super Bowl contenders next season based on his, you know, this, you know. Well, and, and the lack of experience is just kind of baffling to me. As the lack of actual experience in a leadership role is baffling to me. Sure. Not that, you know, special teams people are people too. You know that. But I understand. But I agree. It's not an ideal leadership role which is why i question the decision when the giants brought him in it's like a special teams guy right Re- as a head coach really right so i mean i don't know if your your oc and dc are going to be calling plays on that front i mean we're gonna have to find out we we need to know we need both uh, essentially at this point it's i and and i don't i don't know like there's been some talk about candidates for that and it's interesting also looking at the candidates for these positions they all seem to have a lot more experience than joe judge so I, you know, I think I would hope that he obviously, you know, you get an interview for a position like this. You're acquainted with the playbook. You know, the players and their their strengths and their weaknesses on both sides of the line before you even walk into that interview. And that's great. But as far as the responsibilities that he has, um, I, I hope in a way that they do take advantage of hiring people to coach the offense and the defense or coordinate the offense and the defense um, very seriously and that they have a little bit more experience so that it's not so much weight on this, not kid, but kid's shoulders, this kid NFL head coach. Meh, 38. He's, you a, know. he's a rookie. Though. He's a rookie head coach, sure. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, we'll, we'll see. It's an interesting hire for sure. I mean, we were all wondering why they didn't go after Mike McCarthy or try harder for, you know, another, like a, a former head coach. But, you know, we... I mean, I, I'm probably not alone in thinking that Daniel Jones was going to work out. Right. Um, and he did. Right. And so who knows? And at the same time, you know, they've they've gone with experienced people before. They've gone with Shermer. They've gone with McAdoo. They've gone with people who have done the job before and not done it well. And I think maybe there's something to be said for, like, uh, another thing that I said when we were talking about after Pat Shermer got fired and what the Giants were going to do was they, this is kind of a, in a weird way, a sexy move in the sense that it's not where we thought they'd go and it's not where they thought that they should go. But at the same time, it's definitely going to throw a lot of question marks up in the air and throw a a little bit of a different jive. We really don't know what to expect, and maybe that will suit the players well. True. Yeah. I mean, mean, we're all just going to have to see see what happens. Uh, For me, though, it's just a, a, a... unusual decision as a to get a special teams guy in as as your next head coach but 100 oh, um 
New York sports have always found ways to surprise me in one way or another. Uh, so that's that's what we do. That's right. It's definitely an emotional roller coaster every goddamn day. Speaking of emotional roller coasters, let's talk about the NFL playoffs, oh shall we? Oh my god. Dear Christ, it's anarchy out there. Like seriously, at I this point it's it. like it's literally like giant meteor 2020. Yes. Like anybody at this point. Yeah. Like the Ravens are gone. I mean, the Texans took a nap after the first quarter and blew a 24-point lead. What? I mean, like, it's The it's comeback insane by out the there. Chiefs. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's wild out there. And so now we're down to uh, two teams on the AFC side that I didn't see coming. Well, no. one of them people may have seen coming, Kansas City. Mm-hmm. But Tennessee's in there. Yeah. Tennessee is a sixth seed. I think they've got a real shot at advancing to the Super Bowl. I really do. I don't want to go that far. But then again, nothing not? has really gone as planned. So They literally just went to New England and then went to Baltimore and beat both of them handily. What? Like, I think they can go to Kansas City and beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. They've done it before, given Mahomes wasn't the quarterback at the time. Right. But they've done it before. They beat Kansas City literally earlier this year. The only, the only hesitation I really have at this point is obviously, like, you know, going into this, you would say on paper that the Chiefs are the better team. But at this point, we also know from what happened this past week that the Chiefs do not play around when they are down by a severe point deficit. God, do they not fuck around. Wow, that was uh, that was like a stop, stop, they're already dead Oh yeah, kind of thing. It was stop, stop, they're already dead in both ways. Oh, yeah. And the Texans stopped, and the Chiefs were, in fact, not already dead. Right. And then, in fact, went out and murdered the Texans. And that's why the Chiefs can do the same thing to the Titans. Okay, in the last six years, right, the Houston Texans have won four AFC South division titles. Okay. The other three teams in their division have all made it to the AFC Championship. Okay. The Texans have not. Okay. Do you see a problem here? The Jaguars did it. You know, the Colts did it with Andrew Luck. The Titans are doing it right now. Are you asking me if I see a problem with the Texans? Do you see a problem with the Texans right I mean, now? The fact that they can get this far and then completely shit the bed? It's, this it's, was their golden opportunity to go to the AFC Championship game and possibly the Super Bowl. And it's it's I think the most upsetting thing to me about it is that their team is really good. It is really good. Like the Texans have a really amazing team. I don't really understand what the issue is. It, it I I feel like at this point it's got to be a coaching issue. I think so. It's Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Bill O'Brien's never amounted to anything in his career. But but the players are are all stars. I mean. What, even what they did in the first half of that game was just incredible. I loved, I, I hate early leads like that, early big leads like that. I loved watching that. I thought it, the Chiefs were dead in the water. I it, thought it was over. 24 nothing after one and a half quarters, I thought it was over. And and the way that the Texans were playing, I mean, these like Deshaun Watson is, is an all-star quarterback. And he's throwing these dimes down to Will Fuller. I mean, talk about a performance from Will Fuller the fifth. I guess so. It was it was incredible. I mean, I don't mean to take away from the Texans here, but this story is not about them doing well. No, you're right. They blew a 24 point lead and lost by 20 points. They're the first team in NFL history in the they're the first team in the history of the NFL playoffs to blow a 20 point lead and lose by 20. I just mean that what with what they had and what they were doing in that first half, there's no reason why that should have happened. And um and now now we have the Titans and the Chiefs going up against each other, and then. Uh, the the Packers won out against the Seahawks. This was, you have thoughts about this though. I do. I have. Um, but it's not. Uh, forgive me. It's not a new thought. No, it's not. But the thing is, is that the Packers have now won at least three. I can think of three off the top of my head games due to questionable referee calls, and the other two being against the Lions in the regular season. Uh-huh. 
And I I just really have a hard time believing that the Packers actually deserve to be here. Well, what do you like here as in the NFC Championship game or yes. here as in the playoffs at all? I because mean, even really if, here as in the playoffs at all. But but I'm going to stop you right there. And I think that that's too much, because even with those two losses, you're still 11 and five. And that's still good enough to get you into the playoffs. All right, fine. Uh, I mean, what are we going to do? We you and I aren't going to be able to sit here and call up Roger Goodell and be like, hey, I mean, get your officiating crew in order. Of course, the officiating's bad. We've known this forever. But the Packers went out and proved to me that they're a good team on Sunday against the Seahawks. And hypotheticals don't prove a point that the, that the Seahawks would have scored a touchdown. The Packers' defense is playing good this season, and they could have very well stopped them in the fourth quarter. And I think that, to me, would have proved that they deserve to be where they are even more than this blown call about the first down. I don't know. Maybe I'm just bitter that the Seahawks didn't make it further. But I, I And that's... Definitely a, a part of it, but I just, it was, it was so close and like, and then just when, when the Seahawks were out, they were back in and they really made it a game again. And, um, it was, it was hard to watch, but, um, now the Packers will be facing the 49ers. Who do you have in that game? Uh, I have the 49ers. Oh yeah. Same. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean that the NFC, if anything, I would say the NFC being obviously the superior division this year. Um, they are a little bit more predictable. The NFC? Yeah. I mean, yes. no, nothing is predictable this season, but they are a little bit more predictable than the AFC. It's going to be the, I mean, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the Titans win against the Chiefs. Uh, and that, that reason being is because Derrick Henry has been an absolute truck putting up 180 plus yards in the last two playoff games. And you can run on that Chiefs defense. And I think if the Titans can control the ground game, they'll be, you know, in firm control. And I think they could actually win. Plus they've got the momentum from beating New England and Baltimore. All right. Well, I just anticipate the Super Bowl just being like the throw up bowl, like Jimmy Garoppolo and the best team in football against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Just I, you know. Talk about your, a game you're not interested in. Is that is that what you think it's going to be? I do. I think it's going to be Kansas City and San Francisco in the Super Bowl. Jesus. Talk about a sleeper. Yeah. I don't care. The game could be 100 to 99. I would not care. I just, I'm not interested in watching those two teams play in the Super Bowl, especially because both teams have a possibility to win. I don't know. I, I like the idea. I, I remember thinking last year, I really liked the idea of having either the young quarterback matchup or the old quarterback matchup. But what we had was a mix of both. And I was like really unhappy with like, you know, young Jared Goff against Tom Brady. This year, I, I see it a little bit differently. I would I would love to see not that Jimmy Garoppolo is a super young quarterback or anything, but him against like. Uh, I don't know, like I, I, I just think it's weird. I, I think that the 49ers will beat the Packers, but part of me kind of wants to see Aaron Rodgers against one of these other teams with these younger guys so patrick mahomes because ryan, Tann ryan, ryan Tannehill is not a quarterback yeah yeah no. i mean that's i part of me would like to see it i know it's not going to happen um well, but i i anything's, agree with you it's possible i think it'll be niners and chiefs Wh who do you have then? oh in that game yeah san francisco okay yeah just because i i, I despise them less than i do kansas city <laughs> all right yeah, yeah I, I would like to see the niners do something cool like they they really kind of just came out of nowhere and did some amazing stuff this year but as I've been saying all playoff season, their luck is bound to run out at some point. So sure. We'll see. Sure. Everybody's luck is bound to run out at some point. For all we know, Tennessee could go on and win the Super Bowl. And you know what? I'd be happy for them. I certainly am far less bitter about losing to Tennessee now, now that they went out and beat Baltimore. Oh, yeah. Oh, I feel f way less bad. I'm sure. Yeah. Because it just means that the Titans got hot. 
Mm-hmm. If they go and win the Super Bowl, I just have no guilt at all. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. I mean, it'd, it'd be a really cool thing to see. That was the least possible expectation. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Sweet. You want to take a break? Let's take a break. All right. Well, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some non-NFL things. So stick around. Well, one of them is football-based, but you know. But non-NFL. But non-NFL-based. It's new stuff for us. New, this is true. New territory, or revisiting old territory, rather. Yeah. We're just, it's territory here. <laughs> stick around. We'll be back. Welcome back, everybody. Andrew and Kata here with you. We're here. Yes. The national championship was on Monday night. Yeah. And the, it's, that is the main reason that we waited to uh, to do this show. Yes. But a million other reasons popped up in the process. But we definitely do need to touch on it because what a game. I mean, yeah. the Tigers won. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> they were both the Tigers. LSU finishes 15-0. and uh, they win the national championship, uh, forty-two to twenty-five over Clemson. Very exciting. Who I Clemson? I thought would uh, it would be well. I mean, it was close. They were up seventeen to seven in the first quarter. Um, I thought Clemson would win. Honestly, see, that's interesting. I I actually had LSU as winning. Um, I think they've just had they've been on such a stride this whole year, and right. Um, to I, we I knew it, it was going to be. Well, no, actually, I thought it was going to be tight. I thought it was going to be a lot tighter than what it was. And it was for the first three quarters. And then, God, something just clicked in and Clemson just could not make it. Yeah, it's with funny. The, wheels, the wheels fell off. LSU, you know, just kind of overpowered them and put the game away. Well, and it's funny, too. You know, Joe Burrow, you go into this year and obviously Trevor Lawrence is, um, what, a year or two away from declaring, a year away from declaring for the NFL draft. And you look at these two quarterbacks and Joe Burrow is probably like even say halfway through the NCAA season. Um, he's probably a, a, a first round quarterback, but he's not number one. Just just saying like comparatively and Trevor Lawrence is hailed as, as going to be the number one pick of the 2021 NFL draft. And I, you know, I, I think Joe Burrow just completely outplayed Trevor Lawrence in every regard. I mean, he was setting records. Obviously, we know that. But in every regard. And Clemson's got this defense that is supposedly so good. And like, where were they? Um, it was a really interesting game. But now, like, I, I'm left with questions like, can LSU do this again next year without Joe Burrow? Because they won't have him. My answer, my initial answer is no. Right. Uh, my initial answer is that they caught lightning in a bottle this season. Really, with Joe Burrow. I mean, you you go back and you talk about for you know the first half of the season, Burrow wasn't even considered as as the number one pick. I mean, he. I see a lot of people saying that he had the best season in in college football history. Statistically, yes, that's true. Yes. Uh, but it's very interesting that he wasn't the Heisman. He was only the Heisman frontrunner for about half a season, and it was only when Tua got hurt mm-hmm. that he really you know took on that role. Uh, I I wouldn't say that. I you know I okay. think I think. Doing what he had done at by that point, by the time that Tua got hurt, um, had them pretty much on on even keel. Oh, like, I mean, everybody LSU had everybody on notice when they, you know, they they beat Florida, they beat um, Texas A and M, I think. Yeah, they beat a couple other people before they even touched Alabama. Um, I want to tie this to the NFL. Do we think that Joe Burrow's success in college will transfer to the NFL? See, that's what I'm worried about. Here. Me too, because that's you know, it's always it's always the guys who are like the most heralded players in college who end up kind of being a little bit, 
I mean, I don't want to say they're all disappointing, but they can be disappointing. Well, there's it comes a point where they're. I, I was thinking about this the other day. I was just like, the Dolphins are projected to draft Tua, mm-hmm. either fourth or fifth overall. I don't remember. They just got Josh Rosen in a trade from Arizona. Mm-hmm. They've also got Ryan Fitzpatrick. So you're going to take on a third quarterback. Like it gets to a point where there are just too many quarterbacks in the NFL. Like they're coming into the NFL faster than teams can wear, not wear through their careers, but like faster than teams can get them out. If right. That makes sense. Yeah. And so you've got Andy Dalton already. Are we thinking the Bengals are going to move on from him? Well, oh, yes. I absolutely do. I think that Joe Burrow is going to go number one to the Bengals. I, I, my fear here is it's again, it, this goes back to your original question is he going to be able to perform well, uh, just as well in the NFL? And with the current Bengals team, he's definitely not. No. I think there are other teams that that he could maybe try to stand up to his his performance in his last year in college here. But I I definitely don't think the Bengals is that. And and you know, the NFL has history, you know, you draft a quarterback first round, you're keeping him for a while. I don't think it's as an I don't think it's as unfavorable as a situation to be playing in Cincinnati as one might think. You have a capable running back in, in Joe Mixon who can carry most of that load. Yeah, but and so what happens there is you just kind of build. You're gonna have to build the team around them, right? About, around Joe Burrow, right? And and the Bengals are in a good. I I guess they're in a pretty good position to do that in a sense, but it's gonna be years before that actually manifests. And is he still gonna be as good? I don't know. Well, I mean, by proxy, their division as well isn't isn't very good either, except if you're unless you're Baltimore. But you know, wait, I feel I, like the Steelers are trending downward and the Browns are just floundering. So, I mean, it could be a chance for Cincinnati to gain. I don't think they're going to go out and win the division next year, but I think that they could go out and win. They're going to go win more than one game next year. Absolutely. I don't know. See, I, I take issue with that point only because what we look at in the NFL, like, like yeah, there are certain div- divisions that are obviously a lot worse than others, but I feel like you can still be a, an amazing team or a good quarterback or whatever and not win a division. So that's that's less of a priority for me as far as, like, it, that's less of a measure for me as of if Joe Burrow can succeed. If Joe Burrow goes to the Bengals and they win this division, that doesn't really matter as much to me. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I think I think what we need is I think what what would make Joe Burrow a good quarterback for me is all in stats, is all in um, you know completion ability, um, PPR. Like those are those are the measures of a man for me in this league. But I I can like I, I almost feel bad for the guy like because what is he gonna do there for for the next couple of years like you pretty much only have Joe May- you've got a couple other guys you've got Auden Tate you've got um you've got a few people and and obviously offseason can bring trades and uh they've got a lot of cap space right yeah. now mm-hmm. um so I don't I don't really know you but got Tyler Boyd you're probably gonna have AJ Green back I mean for a little bit at least the guy's you know older. But, but it, he's still, you know, a good receiver. But it is a different league. I mean, you know, Mitch Trubisky was re- pretty good in college. Uh, uh, who else do we have as of recent? Um, Let me. Okay, so Kyler Murray is was Kyler the Murray. was the number one overall pick last year uh, for the Cardinals. Wasn't very good this year. Was not very good this year. Yeah. that was my question. Was I disagree. I think he. I think he. Um, he earned his. I think he earned his spot. But the Cardinals got year. a lot better this year too. The Cardinals are awful. The Cardinals, I don't know. I mean, the the team, no, but the the offensive weaponry. I think they really upped the ante from the year before. Oh, for sure. But the Cardinals are still terrible. But I think that Kyler Murray is going to make them a good team. I mean, if 
Time will tell. So I was going to say, if Burrow goes out and has a season similar to how Kyler Murray performed this year, would you say that he would earn his spot in Cincinnati? If they went out and won four or five games? No, I would mean... Would that convince you? It Yes, he would have earned his spot, but that's not... Again, it's it's another thing that's just not the sign of... It's not the measure of a good quarterback. I don't know. I I kind of worry about Joe Burrow's future. I think... I think I hate to say it. I worry that he has peaked. He's peaked. That's very, po- that that's very possible. Peaked. I mean, who's the last quarterback that you remember to come out of LSU who had this much hype? Because where my mind goes is Jamarcus Russell. I, I, yeah, I mean, I can't think of anyone else. Right. Not that I'm saying that Joe Burrow is Jamarcus Russell. I mean, no. we, we don't know. No. What, it, what matters is that we do not know. But one bigger question, real quick. When was the last time a quarterback with this much hype came into the NFL and blew everyone's socks off consistently for a season. Consistently G- granted, for a season. Granted, you know, the wins and losses, they happen, yeah. but was a really outstanding NFL quarterback. Well, it took Patrick Mahomes a year to do it. Yeah. You're saying week one of year one. I'm saying year one. You're impressed with your the year one. You are impressed with your rookie quarterback. You are excited about your rookie quarterback. Would you say that you're impressed with Daniel Jones? Not yet. Okay. I think I think he had some good games. I think he could get really good with with the right coaching and with all of his players back. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, not yet. Uh, how about Josh Allen in Buffalo? Uh, I think it may have taken him a year or two to really get where he is. Yeah, like, no. I, that's a difficult one because his rookie season was cut short. Sure. Um, Baker Mayfield. No. No? No. Why? I'm not, I just, I wasn't impressed with his rookie year. The Browns, you know, won seven games in the, his first year as a quarterback. Yeah, but they also did a whole lot to that team. I mean, again. What do you mean by did a whole lot to that team? I, like, they, they, up their weaponry. They had a new head coach. Yep, they upped their weaponry this year too. Don't confuse this past year with the no. Year before. I know. I'm. I'm now. That's. I'm trying to think back. Um. Or I guess. I guess they didn't have a, a new head coach. I guess Kitchens was there the year before, wasn't he? Yeah. No. No. Kitchens, or no. Not this Kitchens. Was Kitchens first yes. Year. It, it was. It was um, Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson. But no. And, and he was, was not Greg, new. And then it was Greg Williams. And he was not new. Um. But then Greg Williams. Um. Baker Mayfield mm, would be it for me. And then the really big one before that was probably Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, like it's it, it's just not common anymore. And if I, I feel like what the this media world is doing is just overhyping something that um, is not what it is. So that's that's kind of my take on that. But it you know congratulations to you, the LSU Tigers. It was a um, it was a blowout by the end. How yeah, exciting! Yeah, wasn't close. Uh, let's talk about this other thing really quickly. We don't know like all the facts on this, but we know the big ones, and that's what's important. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of baseball. The Astros cleaned house uh, on Monday. Uh, it was announced that their general manager and their manager, A.J. Hinch, uh, were be, would, uh, would be suspended for a year by Major mm-hmm. League Baseball, as well as some other things. There were some fines and draft picks involved. And then it was announced that same day in that same press conference that their general manager and manager had been fired. Yes. This is huge. This is massive. Yes. So for those of you who are not familiar with what happened, uh, the Houston Astros won the World Series in 2017. During their World Series run, whether in the regular season or otherwise, uh, a video was brought to light over uh, this past fall uh, 
mm-hmm. uh, that determined that the Astros were seeing signs that pitchers used to communicate to catchers which pitch is, is about to be thrown. Uh, they were uh, the Astros had a camera mounted on the center field wall, pointed toward the mound and the and home plate, which was then fed to a video, which was then fed to a TV in either the dugout or in the back in the clubhouse somewhere. And the uh, Houston would be able to read what pitch was coming mm-hmm. and communicate either a pitch to lay off of or swing at by banging on a trash can before the ball was delivered. Right. There's video evidence that shows pitchers stepping, literally opposing pitchers stepping off the mound and literally being to their catchers, okay, we need to change the signs. Right. Like knowing that something is going on. Right. And so this is as harsh a penalty for Major League Baseball as I have seen uh, in regards to cheating. Remember the Red Sox got caught with this with an Apple Watch, you know, I don't last season or the season before that? Yes. I've heard that many players think that the penalty is not strong enough. What do you think? The Dodgers are literally calling for World Series titles to be stripped. Look, they are cheating. I I think that well, Yeah, no kidding. But but I think it's one or the other. I think either the penalties that are currently in place like go away and they're stripped of their title or whatnot. But I will say most importantly, this is a sign this is just another sign of a culture problem with the Astros. And um ESPN Daily did a podcast on right after these accusations were made. Um, Mina Kimes talked to, I believe it was Jeff Passan about this. And the way that the Astros have been running is very much like a business and not like a baseball team. Obviously, there are business aspects to baseball, but the way that they acquire players the, in Roberto Asuna, take that. Um, the way that they, I mean, the, the cheating and the way that they're, you know, the, they're messing with the salary cap so deeply with their signings. Like they got Asuna super cheap. It, it's running more like a business than it is like a team. And I think it's a, uh, this is a penalty that will absolutely change that culture. Whereas if you just strip a title, it doesn't do anything. Yeah, but so, okay. Go ahead. I'll let you finish. No, that. that's that's it. Go ahead. I, I wonder this whole thing about running a, a team like a business. How is that a bad thing? You're literally a New York Yankees fan. They just went out and got Jarrett Cole for four hundred and fifty quadrillion dollars. Yeah, and that was pretty ridiculous. Like, I mean, sometimes you have to. I mean, they saw Osuna as a good pitcher. He literally closed out the World Series for them. Right. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, he did his job. He did what he was paid to do. This other, um, the, this other, you know, derogatory comments toward women aside. He went out and did what he was paid to do. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, I and I don't mean to defend the guy, but no, like that's course. that's a business decision that panned out in the Astros' favor. I understand. This is just unethical. If we're going to talk about in business terms, this is just unethical practice. But I think it's just it. it we are delusional if we're thinking that this is an isolated incident. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's definitely not an isolated incident. People have been trying to get the upper edge in. Uh, in baseball for years, people have been trying to get the people try to get the upper hand on everybody in every sport ever created. That's what competition is all about. Right. It's just that teams sometimes go a little too far. You know, we saw the Red Sox do it. We saw that. Uh, you know, we see the Astros do it. I mean, I'm from Boston. We see the Patriots do it. Yeah. I mean, that's where that's where the line is drawn. This isn't. I mean, this isn't a little too far. This is a lot too far. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Astros aren't the only people or aren't the only team in Major League Baseball doing this to some level. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's an epidemic that comes with with technology. 
being right. such a big part of the sport now. And um, I, I just, I wonder, I, I just wonder what the right penalty would be. And I, I don't know if stripping the titles are, is going to do anything. The, what they have done with the punishment that they have is prompted a necessity for a change of culture. And I still think in a way that have them having a title despite all of this is a part of our history. See, this is it's where... A, it's wrong. It's tainted now, but it almost says more. Yeah, no, I see that point. Um, it just... It, it, you get into a weird situation when you when you talk about penalties like this for sports. In college sports, it's super easy mm -hmm. because in college sports, all you do is just ban the program for a year, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, the whole point is that you're in college to get an education, not to play sports. For professional baseball, you can't take the Astros out of the standings for a year no. because that's trillions of dollars, billions, trillions of dollars out of the pockets of Major League Baseball because you have one huge market city that's not producing a baseball team. So you have to find some kind of middle ground that is, if you're not going to, I agree, stripping a World Series title would not change the culture of the team. Um, so that you have to find some kind of middle ground that, that says that this is wrong and should not be done ever again. And you also have to get it through to, you know, the players and probably all of the rest of Major League Baseball as well, sure. that these will be the consequences if you break the rules. I do just want to say one more thing to my point of them running it like a business. I think what I mean by that, just to distill that down, is to clarify is that um, the goal with the organization and with the staff that they hired was to win championships, to bring money to the team, to bring money to the city of Houston and... Um, and not for the, I guess, like wholesome sake of baseball. Um, one last thing, uh, I know we're going a little long here, but one last thing that I just wanted to ask you about. How do you feel about Major League Baseball teams being asked not to speak out on the situation? I don't know why yet. And because I don't know why, I don't think I can give you an accurate answer on that. Sure. Um, but like, what just, do you think could come of that? That's just bizarre. Like, why? What are they going to, like... What could possibly be said that could make this any worse? I just feel like a lot of finger-pointing is is trying to be prevented here. Mm -hmm. Like I said, this is not an... I don't think this is an isolated incident. I think that there are many other teams that do this. Sure. Maybe not to the extent of... Also, just, like, plain old stupidity on the Astros' part. Banging on a trash can. Yeah, come on. Come on. Do something else. You know, some kind of, I don't know, light flicker or something like that. You know? Well, I don't know about that like, either. But, you know, like... You, know, you have, like, a green... A green Green or red light or something like that. Plant a fan. Plant a fan somewhere. That's devious. I don't know. That's MLB what I would team, do. MLB, if you're listening, please don't sue us. Look, look if I was going to do it, that's what I'd do. <laughs> that's what that's I'd do. That's all I'm saying. In a way that I couldn't get caught. Um, If, yeah, if I, I don't know. That's such a bizarre thing to ask other teams to do. Yeah. Is to not to say stay silent. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I don't know why yet. And I'm sure that over the coming weeks, we will, it will be revealed why. But it's just a very bizarre conspiracy-like thing to do. It keeps it a very developing story, friends. Yes, it does. So anyways, let's take a break. Um, yeah. When we come back, we're going to uh, give the sports a little break and talk about two different kinds of sports that we love. Yeah, competition. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about The Bachelor. Oh, my God. I'm so excited to hear how I'm doing. I bet I'm doing terribly. Let's, oh, my God. Yeah, let's take a break. Uh, sit tight. We shall return.
Welcome back under further review. Andrew and Kata here. Real quick before we kick off our last segment, uh, if you haven't already, follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, using the handle at UFR Vodcast. Uh, shoot us emails if you're interested, Andrew and Kata at gmail.com. Uh, podcast is out every Thursday wherever podcasts are sold, except for Spotify. We're not that cool yet. For our last trick, uh, we've got um, a couple non-sports things to talk about. Yeah. Uh, it's Oscar season. Which is your favorite time of which year. Which is my favorite time of year. If there were, like, a calendar that I designed, the Oscars would be, like, a whole month. Yeah. Of course, they're cramming it into, like, two weeks this year, which is weird. Oh, usually, really? Usually the ceremony is at the end of February. Oh, yeah. I guess that's right. The ceremony is three weeks from, is two weeks from Sunday. Wait, is it Super Bowl? No. It's the week after the it's Super the Bowl. It's the week after. Wow. So it's three weeks from Sunday, I should say. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the nominations came out on, uh, on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was overall fairly pleased with them. I'm excited to hear your thoughts because I haven't seen any of the films. Okay. I'm going to read off the list of Best Picture nominees, and I All want right. you to tell me how many you've heard of. Okay. Okay. Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Out of uh, nine. Six of them. You've heard of six of them. Six of them. Which were the ones that you have not heard of before? Uh, well, that's a hard one because I haven't heard of them. The Rabbit one. Jojo Rabbit. The one that's named after a year. 1917. And the last one. Parasite. There you go. Okay, Parasite's the South Korean um, comedy drama thriller film. No? Okay. 1917's a war movie? Nope. There's literally a movie theater across the street from you out your window. You have not seen, you haven't seen any of the posters for it? Nope. Crazy. And Jojo Rabbit is the the, um, World War II um, Nazi satire where Taika Waititi plays Adolf Hitler. So they're all war movies, and I, yeah. Parasite's nope. not a war movie. I didn't say that. Okay, whatever. Yep. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, it was good. Um, these nominations are you here. Are you happy with kind of the way that things turned out? What Did you feel like there were any big snubs? Um, the biggest, it's funny, the biggest snub that I thought uh, was that Frozen 2 was not nominated for Best Animated Feature. Oh. And you know what? I'm actually like kind of, kind of upset by that. I didn't think that it I didn't think I would be. But that the animation in that movie is so friggin' beautiful. Like seriously. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, a two steps up from the first Frozen. And I, I'm just really shocked that it wasn't wasn't included at all. That's very yeah, I guess theoretically that's strange to me. Uh who were the other animated features? So the animated features uh there's a couple of foreign animated features in here. So uh How to Train Your Dragon. Okay. Um the the Hidden World. I, I don't know if it's the third or fourth one. Uh Toy Story 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, Klaus, which, if you remember, is the Netflix uh, Christmas movie. Does this sound familiar to you? Uh, no. Okay. And then uh, a movie called Missing Link, which is a stop-motion uh, animated movie. And then a movie called I Lost My Body, which I believe is a French animated film. Interesting. Yeah. Um, an interesting theory is that they didn't nominate Frozen because they're finally going to give How to Train Your Dragon an Academy Award. Okay. Uh, because it's been four movies and all of them have been nominated, uh, but none of them have won. Okay. So it would be interesting to see if How to Train Your Dragon ends up ends up winning. I love the 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 dragon toothless. Toothless, he's so cute. He's so cute. Um, I love him as my pet. As I'm as I'm going through these, I'm include I'm I'm writing a list from my blog, uh, according to AndrewBlog.com, uh, and I'm I'm just writing down all of my potential snubs as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are just a lot of women who weren't nominated this year. Yep, I, I, I do know that there was a, a big controversy over the fact that there was no, um, there were no female best director nominees. That was kind of a big thing. Right. Someone on, um, someone in my network posted on Facebook the question of, at this point, do we make a separate category for best female direction? And I had a lot of words about that. Okay, no, 
No. Here's my take on Little Women. Um, I Little Women was good. Little okay. Women was a good movie. I didn't think it was as good as Lady Bird. Oh, I didn't like Lady Bird. I actually did see Lady Bird, and I did not like it. For me, Lady Bird was like a top three best picture selection. Okay. Little Women this year to me is not. Little Women is probably in the the bottom half of that of that group of nine. Okay. And that being said, I, I like I love Greta Gerwig, and I really do. I love her work. Seriously. And if she were nominated, I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't have a problem with it at all. But I just think the names are too strong this year. Like I, I can't do anything about that, and neither can any of you who are listening to this show, unless you're an Oscar voter. It just wasn't. It just wasn't the year for her. And I, and I'm sorry, but it wasn't. Um, wasn't another film that I've heard. I and this one I actually really do want to see. Um, but I, I don't. I, I have not seen it yet. I don't know a whole lot about it, but people are really upset that it was kind of snubbed out was Hustlers, which is also, I believe, directed by a woman. Right. Um, and they thought Jennifer Lopez was going to be nominated. She was not. Um, the movie wasn't nominated for a whole lot. There's a lot of politics that go into this. Okay. I think Jennifer Lopez not being nominated is the same reason Adam Sandler wasn't nominated. Okay. Um, it's because the the... And it's shitty to say, but it's like a certain type of person that they don't want at the Oscars. The same, they don't want the guy. For example, they don't want the guy who made Jack and Jill, or or Happy Gilmore, in, featured in their best actor categories. Okay, wait, but what about? Okay, here's my argument with that. What about Steve Carell? Steve Carell took some time with this, though. Steve Carell did a couple. Steve Carell interspersed the comedy with some dramatic roles. Okay. In there, yeah. Adam Sandler hasn't done it enough. You're right. He's great when he's in dramatic roles. Mm. He just hasn't done it enough. He's done it like fewer than a handful of times. And I guess that does not necessarily a best actor, quote unquote, make. I, I would I can say see that. I would say that you need to do it a couple more times, probably in a row, mm-hmm. for them to really consider you. In for you to really like you know gain your gain your trust back with the Academy. But then what about like rookie winners like Lupita? They don't have any. They don't have any resume to go off of. Did I just say Winders? I don't know. They don't have any. I mean, they don't have Whatever. any resume to go off of. You know, nobody. Knew I guess who, so. Nobody so, knew who Lupita Nyong'o was. There have been plenty of first-time winners. There was a guy in a, in the movie The Killing Fields, um, Hang Noor, who was a uh, a com- uh, he was he's Cambodian. He was actually like part of the uh, the Khmer Rouge uh, regime. Like he was part of that that the like one of the people you know found in the Killing Fields, and he escaped, and then he went on to star in a movie about the events. Right. And won an Oscar for it. Sure, like I'd never acted before. I guess I, I guess then it's it's just kind of confusing to to think about that in the sense of like, you know, you talk about career tra- trajectory, but but I guess yeah, it it makes sense with Adam Sandler's career. Like he spent so long being like a like, like doing like really dumb comedy that it doesn't. Yeah, that dumb comedy that by the way does stand the test of time. Oh sure, but um. Yeah, no, I guess I see what you're saying. I do. Um, um, what the, were your other thoughts? The other thought is, okay, so here are my... Th- uh, I have a problem with people uh, being upset that Joker was nominated for all this. Oh, yeah, a lot of people are really upset about it. I don't quite understand why because I haven't seen it, but... Joker got 11 nominations, which is the most of any film. Okay. Where were these people when the movie came out? That's my thing. I'm saying there has to be some kind of, like, you can't not say anything about it. Like, firstly, what's your problem with it, number one? Secondly, 
you can't have a problem with it then because then you're like, oh no, well, you know, we're making fun of folks with mental illness, and then you know, diss it now because then it, you're just you're just kind of seeming like you think the same thing as 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 people who didn't like the movie when it came out. Was it was it super well acclaimed when it came out? Very much so. Okay. Yes. Like that seemed to be the consensus, but I feel like there was like a weird stigma surrounding it too. So I don't I don't know. Oh, I wouldn't say it's a weird stigma. Okay. Um, I think it's a harrowing, haunting look at folks with mental illness. Okay. Um, I thought it was excellent. One of the best I mean, films that I've seen this I year. I mean, a weird stigma surrounding the way that it was perceived, not not necessarily the subject matter itself. But um, I don't see why that's a problem. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm just saying that there there has to be some kind of consistency and middle ground here. Like, bash the film when it came out. Mm-hmm. Don't bash the fact that people were celebrating it now. Sure. After you ha- after you basically had you know six months to be like, man, this movie sucks. This movie, you know, whatever, whatever. Give your reasons why it. Don't give your reasons. You can't hate a film just because it was nominated for an Academy Award. Sure. You have to you have to have a good reason to actually hate a film. Okay. And uh, yeah, those are my thoughts on the Oscars. Um, the ceremony is February 9th. Yeah. So give it a watch. Speaking of things that are on ABC. Ooh, nice segue. Thanks. That was beautiful. Um, we have now seen two episodes of season 24 of The Bachelor. Well, you have. I have not at all. I have. Starring Peter Weber. So I know you don't watch, so I'm, and I'm not going to go too long-winded on this, but just to give you a brief rundown, you know who Hannah Brown is, obviously. So last week we did a Bachelor draft where we took the 30 yes. women and split them into... just sounds awful. It uh, really does. We took... <laughs> There's no good way to say this. Um, we took, we... We, uh, we we selected who we thought would be the most likely to win. Correct. And we basically order. split them up into two different teams. Yes. Uh, half the people I picked to win, half the people you picked to win. Exactly. How did we do? How did, more importantly, how did I do? <laughs> All right. So in week one, um, the rose ceremony happens on the first night. So you've got the 30 women. They all meet Peter. He actually made an effort to talk to every single one of them, which is why they... What a nice boy. They had to do the rose ceremony at like 8 o'clock in the morning. Like it was light outside. It was crazy. They talked all night. Okay, bit much on that, dude. Crazy. But um, week one, you slayed me. What? You... I, I don't know what happened. You absolutely slayed me. After that what first happened? rose ceremony, I think we saw eight girls go. Um, okay. You had 14 left. 14 out of 15? Out of 15. And I only had eight. Which means that seven of the eight that got eliminated were yours. Yes. Holy shit. Yeah. Seriously. Yup. You you absolutely slayed. Cool. And, I, and you know what? I, I blame myself because I actually did a lot of research, but I really was thinking like not even like potential winners. I was thinking like people who would be a good match for him. Um, and I was I, just picking them arbitrarily because I think that flight attendants and pilots is a is a trap combination. Now, here's what happened. After that first, first row ceremony, it was a three-hour premiere. So Dear God. you have your first group date, then you have a one-on-one date, which, by the way, the one-on-one date, he took the girl to... The, he took Madison. Um, Who's on my team, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, is Madison on my team? Or is it Madison, McKenna? You ha- uh, I have McKenna. Okay, so it means I have Madison then. I would believe you have Ma- yes you have Madison. Okay. Um he took Madison on the one-on-one and he took her to his parents' vow renewal Why? which he was officiating. <laughs> it was very <laughs> intense for a first date. That's ridiculous. I don't know about you, but like if someone no matter how hot or how much I wanted them took me to their parents' basically wedding on my first date, I would be so first off, 
like turned off and scared for like my future, but mostly overwhelmed. Well, you know what they say when you're looking through when you're looking at life through rose colored glasses, all the red flags just look like flags. Anyways, it was love knows no bounds. It was really intense. They went to dinner after they had a sweet dinner. And then like uh, this band that I've never heard of came and played them a song and they were like dancing private to the song. And then the whole family comes back to dance with them. It was a whole lot. Anyways, the most important thing. I hate this show so goddamn much. The most important thing that happened, though, was the second group date, which we saw the beginning of. Hannah Brown hosted it. Oh, who is the bachelorette from. Okay, I'm on board now. So she broke up with Peter. She had shown up on night one to wish him luck and like give him his wings back. He gave her like his pilot wings as like, I hope you find your co-pilot on your journey. Well, she gave them back to him and to be like, go find your co-pilot. Anyways, she shows up again on this group date to host it in there. And she like relives the windmill sex story. And then the assignment for the girls for this group date is they have to go on stage and tell a sex story. But Peter gets word somehow. Do the producers decide this or does Peter decide? Peter does do? not decide it. This is pretty much all producers, though. I'm I'm not sure if because they, they knew they wanted to bring Hannah back because of their so, chemistry on that first night. That is such a private thing. That is so rude and disrespectful for them. Right. Plus, I think we know one of them's a virgin, but we don't know which one yet. Oh, boy. So did gets, the virgin have to tell the sex story? Well, wait, I'll okay, get there. OK, OK. So I'm interested now. Anyways, they brought Hannah back to do this because there was like this chemistry. She stepped out of the limo on that first night and he thought he was meeting another girl, but it was Hannah and it's like, <gasps> and they had like this palpable chemistry. It was true. But anyways, Peter gets word while these girls are writing down their sex stories that Hannah's like not doing super well. So he goes to like the backstage of this like gross old like event space theater and to comfort her. And basically he like, she's like, I still have feelings for you. And he asks her to come back and be in the house. Oh, come on. Which she can't do. Can she be on my team? Well, no. Here, hang on. <laughs> she can't do this logistically because she was filming Dancing with the Stars at the time. Yeah. She later won Dancing with the Stars. So we know this wow, isn't going to happen. But like this thing in last night's episode was never really resolved. Like they like kind of they were very touchy feely. Like it was a very sexual scene. Um, we never saw them kiss, though. I'm assuming they did. But um, but. It was never really resolved. He was just like, I can't do this. I need to go. And like, he felt so like he was disrespecting the girls. And Mm -hmm. he kind of was. But it was a conversation they needed to have. And he was like, why did you let me go then? Like, I've never said no to you is another line he said. It was very intense. But it never really was resolved. So after that, they he basically went out and was like, guys, we're going to have to cancel the rest of this group date. Like, I'm not in the right space for this right now. Meaning he's trying to get with Hannah. Well, no, he went home. They like parted ways and they like, and then they resumed, they reconvened for the cocktail party later. Um, And then they had another rose ceremony, which evened our scores a little bit more, but not a whole lot. Okay. So now you have 12 left. You lost two. Oh, I only lost two. How many, how many were eliminated that night? Three. Oh, okay, so I two out of three. Yes. Okay, so it is 12 to six as we stand right now? 12 to seven. 12 to seven. Now, here's the thing. We did not have a rose ceremony at the end of the episode, which we probably shouldn't have, but we will have one next week. I'm a little worried about you. Okay, why? All right, so you've got a couple of interesting people. Keep in mind that none of this means anything to me. I understand. Okay. You have um, Victoria F. I do. I picked her to be the villain of the whole thing. Yeah, and she, right now, that's looking pretty good for you. Oh, sweet. Um, in the sense that she's going to be a villain. I. Oh uh, fuck yeah! Okay. I, I really, 
Uh, there, she actually has a lot of issues too. Recently, photos surfaced. She was a um, a model for a campaign to save white whales, and their slogan was "White Lives Matter." Nope. Yep. Not a fan so of that. She's she's got some stuff going on, but she's also like you can tell she's one of those girls who's like used to being like the prettiest one in the room and always getting the attention. And that's yes. just not the case in this kind of a situation. Quite. So she is like cracking under pressure and um, being like really, I don't know. She's got some, some weird stuff going on. I don't, I'm worried about her on my front. I'm a little worried about Kelsey cause she was just accused of bullying. Oh, um, that's also not good. Yeah. Also not good. Who's she bullying? Hannah Ann. Apparently, Hannah Ann. I wouldn't even really call it that. I think she was just being a little dramatic. Hannah Ann's on my team. But you, you've still got some good picks left. You've got uh, Madison, um, who we know had the first one on one, and he really likes her. She might be a front runner right now. Um, You've got Lexi, who didn't have a date last week, but Peter remembered her. her, And her entrance, she drove in in a red Corvette. Lexi deserves your respect, damn it. And he got her a little red like toy car, and he was like, "Yeah, sorry, I didn't get to see you this week." It was like kind of cute. Um. Yeah, it's I, we're going to see another elimination this week. So I will keep you updated. Oh, my girl from Boston got eliminated. Peyton. Yep, you're, she was gone on the first night. As I look at this spreadsheet right All now. of the flight attendants, there were three flight attendants. All of them went home first well, night. Well, fucking go figure. No, no, but the thing is, is that his dad is a pilot and his mom is a flight attendant. So like the, he yeah, wants... Yeah, so it's like really weird. He wants a love like theirs, but he sent them all home. It was pretty weird. Wow. Um, maybe yeah. There, maybe there was a little bit of like parental guidance there. You also his have dad. His dad was like, "Listen, son, <laughs> not a good idea." Listen, son. Yeah, right. Lots they of lay, lots of layovers, lots of layovers, lots of layunders, all that kind of thing. Oh God. Yep. Um. You also have Kelly, who Peter met about a month before the competition on accident, and she's a clear front runner as well. Right, because they know each other. Well, they met a month before. Yeah. That's it. Um. But yeah, so we'll see what happens. I will keep you updated next week. And this has been Batch Draft Twenty Twenty. Woohoo! Two K two zero. Um, yeah, that's, it's, that's kind of it, guys. That's, I feel like we covered a lot of ground today. I'm tired. <laughs> I am too. This was like really exhausting. That was a rip snorting good time. Wow. It was awesome. Yeah. Rip snorting. I'm going to use that in my life. Please don't. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll be back at it again next week. Yeah. Uh, we've got, we've got more, uh, more things to unpack. Yeah. I'm sure. We want to keep track of this Astros thing. It's, it's going to be, um. It's going to be an interesting week this week with playoffs and stuff, too. So we will be back to uh, give you all the latest and our opinions because apparently you care about them. We hope everybody has a good weekend. Uh, Take care of yourself out there. Uh, I'm Andrew. I'm Kyle. And this has been our further review. We are out. Cheers. Cheers.